thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to Wellness Women Radio with women's health experts, Dr. Ashley Bond, the pregnancy and birthing guru, and the queen of hormone imbalances, the period whisperer herself, Dr. Andrea Huddleston. They're raising the bar for women's health by bringing you the most up-to-date health and wellness information to live your best life. Now, onto the show. This episode of Wellness Women Radio is very proudly brought to you by Dinner Twist. Dr. Ashley and I want to let you in on a little secret of how we maintain our healthy whole foods lifestyle with very little time. And one of those ways is actually with Dinner Twist. So they plan, they shop, they deliver everything to our door to take all of the guesswork out of having really healthy meals for dinner each night. Um, I love Dinner Twist because they are a locally family-owned business here in Perth in Western Australia, and all of their produce is locally sourced and seasonal. So they are really invested in all of their suppliers as well, which is absolutely amazing. Everything is so fresh. Uh, Ashley and I both get the Wholesome Box, which is naturally gluten and dairy-free as well, and is very consistent with a paleo-type lifestyle as well. Uh, so it's, you know, completely consistent with, you know, the way that we want to eat and want to feed our loved ones too. This is also how I trick Dean into thinking that I can actually cook. So seriously, if I can do it, everybody can trust me. And their recipes are so delicious. They also have other options apart from the wholesome box. So they have a family box for bigger size families an express box. If you're really short on time, uh, as well as a vegan box too. Now, we would love to give you the opportunity for you to actually try Dinner Twist and realize how healthy, how delicious and how fresh it is, but also how much easier this is going to make life as well. So we have a special promo code for you, and that is going to give you $35 off your first box. And that is WWR for Wellness Women Radio. Um, So we would love you to uh, try for yourself. Don't take my word for it, but let me know what you think. Without further ado, ladies, onto the show. Hey there, gorgeous listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today on Wellness Women Radio. I'm Ashley. And I'm Andrea. And thanks again for joining us. And this is my little public service announcement um, or actually public service um, shameless plea maybe. Uh, Ladies, stop what you are doing and please go to the iTunes app or iTunes page and please rate and review um, Wellness Women Radio because this is how we do stay in the top of the iTunes charts um, to reach lots more women. Um, Can you please do that for us? This is episode 201. We hope you enjoyed episode 200. That was super fun for us. And tonight we're just going to roll on from that and continue to ask or continue to answer really um, the questions that have been coming through. Um, And we love them. They're so interesting. Oh, absolutely. And I think it was great because the first episode, we had so many questions in front of us like, ah, we could do episodes on so many of these topics. And um, we've certainly highlighted a bunch of your questions, ladies, that we will actually do entire podcast episodes on. Um, So thank you so much for so many great questions and I guess queries and also um, directions, you know, with us Mm. to figure out what we haven't covered. Sometimes it's just like, oh, haven't we covered that yet? Are you serious? We didn't do that yet. Oh my goodness. I can't believe it. So we've actually identified a couple of things we thought we'd done and we're like, oh, we actually haven't done that. Oh, we must have done it in our heads. We had a chat about it or something. I don't know where where it went, but the thought was there. We just didn't follow through and actually record something. So thank you very much. (laughs) Also, when we're like, have we covered 
cover this topic and we literally can't remember like 200 episodes worth. And sometimes we forget that we've actually covered certain topics already. Um, and there was actually one night, I can't remember what the topic was, but we were both literally researching and preparing our information for it. And it just seems so familiar. And we both came together. We we're like, oh, we've actually done this topic before. And we just didn't remember. Yeah. That's hilarious. It is funny because it is um, so many conversations we have on a daily basis as well. So you get a bit of this deja vu feeling of like, oh, I think we've had a chat about that recently. We just, you just asked me a question about um, podcast apps for mindfulness. And I was like, but I realized I've done a blog for work as well. And I'm like, oh, did we actually uh-huh. talk about it or did I write that blog for work? Or I so say, I'm not sure. So, ladies, we might cover a few things that we've already done tonight, but I think we've pretty much highlighted the questions we haven't covered. Um, we'll just quickly run through some of the ones that will come up in full entire podcast episodes, just so you know that your questions have been heard and we are going to answer them. So, some of those will be things like there's a couple of questions related to menstrual hygiene, menstrual cups and things like that. So, we'll cover a whole episode just on all your options. Basically, what are your period options and period hygiene and uh, the pros and cons of those? Uh, Pregnancy, getting pregnant with PCOS, that was a really cool one because we have done a PCOS episode, but we'll talk about pregnancy and PCOS. So that's a a whole one for you that are interested in that one. Um, Oh, my favorite. We started to talk about pregnancy and birth things. We're like, ah, each of these ones has its own uh, episode. Things like fear of childbirth and how to deal with that. Equality, falling pregnant after 40, some great things like that. And, of course, prepare preparation for pregnancy, birth, labor, all of these things that uh, we know so well and love so well. And also, you know, having a discussion with some of the uh, experts in pregnancy, birth and labor, uh, people like Deborah Pascali Bonaro and Sarah Buckley we're hoping to have on the show, talking about pain-free childbirth and, uh, you know, how to make childbirth, a, a, I guess, an ex experience that is memorable for all the right reasons. So we've got lots of those options uh, in terms of what we can talk about in the next few months. So guess stay tuned for those. We'll be covering a lot of the big, big topics that way. Tonight, a bunch of short answers. So listen in. We'll have heaps of little questions and lots of little jitty jotty answers to come through. Um, so we are going to cover a lot of different things. It's going to have really, I guess, no groupings of <laughs> – it's going to bounce all around the place with all different yeah. ones. I looked at the variety. I'm like, ah, oh, there's not really a theme here, but we'll go with all the different questions. I think it'll just be fun to hear about all the different things relating to women's health. This is kind of like women's health plus with all the, the variations on it. It's almost like putting our hand into a hat and pulling out random questions, but yeah. I feel like this is the way my brain's working today. So I kind of like that. And it's just a little bit less sort of research content heavy for us, which also is good at, you know, 10 to 9 at night. <laughs> bit of fun, bit of fun. So Andrew, first question, what would you like yes. to answer? Oh, okay. I'm going to just go from the top. Um, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I got too excited. Um, all right. So this one's super easy. Quality, good quality protein powders for women. Um, okay. I'm going to preface this with saying, remember, you don't get health from a tub. Um, however, if you are using a protein powder because you need to, um, you know, increase your protein, if you're not having, say, animal protein, or if it's just, it has to happen because it's convenient, then the brands that I like, the one we stock at the practice is from Eden Health Foods and it's called Ultimate Protein. Um, it's a plant-based one. It's got three ingredients. Um, It's super ultra clean and doesn't have a disgusting stevia aftertaste. and It's like really nice and smooth. Um, True protein is also pretty good. And the no way protein from ATP science is also pretty good. But my my favorite is definitely the ultimate protein from Eden Health Foods. Brilliant. Love that. I go even simpler with no extras of anything. I just go for 
basic plain hemp protein and throw it through smoothies. Oh, of course. Um, so yes. for me, pea and hemp protein, so they're quick and easy. They go through smoothies really well, disguise the flavours really well. They're um, really easy to digest. No extra nasties, nothing added to those. Uh, so they might my, my tend to go for the organic pea or hemp proteins. They're the simplest for me, um, tend to stay away from whey proteins. Um, yep. We try to encourage you to avoid anything with uh, ingredients on there that don't make any sense, added numbers, added colours. Um, and I think for, you know, a lot of women as well, try not to get caught into the, um, you know, hype of some of the weight loss products that are protein, you know, supposedly protein heavy and keto friendly and all these sorts of things. Um, sometimes in this environment, when it comes to health and nutrition, less is more. So the less ingredients, mm-hmm. the better. Like you said, you've got products that are three ingredients. Mine is one single ingredient. So yes, less is is better when it comes to protein powders. I actually just made a note at the bottom of this page, just saying we need to do a. Uh, a full episode on protein powders for women because as we open that little rabbit hole, I'm thinking, okay, there's also soy protein and there's whey protein isolate and everything else. So we will cover that in more detail, but those are our faves ladies. Okay. Ash over to you. Which, which question do you want to answer? Um, Oh, good one. Let's have a look at a funny one. Is hair, laser hair removal safe? I thought that was a very interesting question. Um, yeah. And look, I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on this. Um, and as far as I am aware, and I'm very happy for, um, people to come out and, um, you know, query this as well. And for some reason I'm getting deja vu. We may have answered this on the last episode. So if we have ladies, I'm sorry. As far as I'm aware, yes, it is safe. Um, and the spectrum of the laser that they use as far as I like to my best knowledge, yes, is safe. Um, I know that you need to kind of avoid um, excessive sunlight exposure and certain types of medications and that sort of thing when you're having it because you can increase your risk of burning. Um, But that's about the extent of my knowledge with laser hair removal. I actually haven't dabbled in that space yet, but it seems so convenient. Ash, do you? Yeah, look, I had it done when I was younger. Um, Mm -hmm. It was kind of like a 20s thing where you just want to try different things. Uh, I found it really successful on areas where, for example, uh, underarms, somewhat the bikini lines, but I find where there's more entrenched sort of rooted um, pubic hair, that's an area that doesn't respond as well. I think a lot of women find the same thing, that they can have a lot of very painful treatments and not get great uh, change or outcome there. And that has a lot to do with, you know, hormonal hair coverage. So there are some areas that will benefit a lot more than others. So I think it's really very much a personal experience. Um, what, how much, for example, my leg hair was just too fine and fair. They said it was going to be a waste of time to, to try it there. So, you know, it didn't go that, that sort of, uh, area of my body, but yeah, I had no negative experiences. Um, does hurt a little bit. You have to sort of get used to the little zaps and stings. It feels like little uh, ant bites. I don't know if there's a good description for it. And like a rubber band, like the snap yeah. of a rubber band, a lot of women describe it as. Yeah, that's a good description. And I think, uh, yes, like you, I've found that most of the research indicates it's relatively safe um, given the history taking as long as the practitioner does ask the right questions and checks in on medication, um, history of scarring and things like that, just to understand your body type and skin type then yeah generally speaking i said to people if you like it do it yes excellent okay um a question that i really love is if my root cause of pcos is unexplained what advice would you give me for managing or reversing it um and the first thing that i'm just going to say with this is that um pcos is never unexplained so it may be 
by, you know, Western medical standards, but it is never unexplained. There's always a reason why PCOS occurs and whether or not it is insulin um, resistance driven, if it is coming from having, you know, been on the pill for a really long time, if there's other sort of metabolic causes that's driven that in the first place, or if there's just a hormonal switch that's happened where there's those excess androgens and the body just can't process those in in the correct way. Um, There's always a driver for PCOS and it's never a lack of oral contraceptives that, you know, or the pill that's that's causing that in the first place. Um, And what I mean by that is that obviously the most common treatment for PCOS is oral contraceptives and metformin. So it's not a lack of those in the body that that makes PCOS sort of just magically occur. Um, so I would really encourage um, the person who sort of asked this question is to really think back and look at when their symptoms of PCOS actually started to come on and what was happening in the time leading up to that, whether it was years or months, and what their hormonal signals were doing because there would have been hints before the actual full-blown onset of the PCOS that would explain that. Um, Ash, I know that obviously you um, and you're super candid about this, talking about PCOS and your mm-hmm. journey with it as well. And for you, like, can you sort of look back through your history and go, okay, this is where I feel like my hormones started to go off track? Oh, 100%. And I think if women are really honest with themselves, they realise that when you understand root cause is insulin resistance, yep. full stop, Yep. then we can start to unpack the lifestyle that led to that point. And if we can be really truthful and honest with ourselves, we can see the pattern. But sometimes we don't even know it was a pattern because it was normalized. You know, the way we ate, what we did, how we did it was very normal for that point in our life. And it yes. was the cascade. It was the setup point for everything that came after that. Hence the reason PCOS can take a long time to heal. You know, it's not as simple as just saying, great, I'm going to go on the pill or I'm going to quit this. It's actually a recovery process. And uh, in order to help that, you have to take a full approach uh, in regards to lifestyle. So I'm with you. I don't actually think it's ever unexplained. Um, and I really yeah, get yeah. very frustrated when people are told, oh, they don't know why it happens. I've just got PCOS. It's like, really? That's interesting because that's not root cause approach uh, as we always talk about. So yes, if you have got PCOS and you don't know why, then I would say, like I was told back then all those years ago um, by a very intelligent person, he just said to me, he said, I'm only going to say two words insulin resistance. Learn all you can about it and you'll understand why you have PCOS. And gosh, it was a rabbit hole to go down, but it was a wonderful one to really understand that it didn't happen by accident. Uh, It wasn't genetic. It was a response to my lifestyle. And it also was exciting and empowering because I had absolute control to change that Um, But that was a choice. That became a choice. I could put my head in the sand and I could choose to continue to live the lifestyle I had been living, which got me where I was, or I could take a radical shift in thinking and change the way I did things. So obviously I chose the radical shift and I'm really grateful for that. And with the, I know that that sounds maybe a little bit oversimplistic to some people and that is that driver of insulin resistance, but then the trigger for other people might be the inflammation that comes from, say, that insulin resistance, or it yes. could be an adrenally driven problem at the same time. Um, so no, there's always a cause. Um, there's always that cause and effect. The body doesn't just go haywire um, all of a sudden. That's just simply not how things work. But it also means that, and contrary to very much popular belief, PCOS is reversible. 
Absolutely. Um, I think I can't remember if we've done podcasts on that, but we will revisit that and really clearly with step-by-step guides as to the things that we recommend for our patients when that is the case. Yeah, the it's last tr- time we did it was four years ago, so it's definitely time for Whoa, an update. There's some great okay. information out there. There's some really, you yeah. know, new shifts in thinking and some great new uh, descriptions and understandings. So I think it's definitely one for us to put onto a full podcast because uh, we can certainly revisit that one and uh, open the door yeah. into more conversations about it. Absolutely. Okay, Ash, what's your next question? Uh, I'm going to jump down to let's have a chat about our um, what books book they asked for a book. I'm like not one book, but what books do you recommend for a first time pregnancy? What are your favourites? Um, so yeah, let's have a chat about that. Look, I'm I love Gentle um, Mothering, Gentle Birth by Sarah Buckley. Great, uh, just a great insight into natural you know birth and, and pregnancy and this uh, empowering belief that we have everything we need in us to birth our children well. And that's a Sometimes a reminder we need, particularly if we've got experience around us regarding um, more traumatic birth experiences or stories, whether it be from our parents or from uh, friends or family that might uh, instill that idea that birth is dangerous, harmful and high risk and therefore we need an obstetrician to cut our child out. Um, So I I like it because it helps just undo some of the programming we've all received in regards to the scary um, painful birth that we see on television with women lying on the back screaming with their legs open. So <laughs> it's a nice. And that was gentle mothering and gentle birth. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Um, so that's a great one. And oh, I hope I said that. Gentle mothering, gentle birth. Oh gosh, I'm I've just gone blank on that. But yes, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and my other ones, of course, like Inamay's Guide to Childbirth. Um, Inamay Gaskin is well known in the midwifery circles, and she obviously talks a lot about this and uh, her fundamental belief that women are amazing and incredible is really empowering. It really makes you excited that, uh, you know, medicalized births are not the the go-to unless there's an absolute medical need. It should be the the last resort, and that's pretty exciting. Look, some of her criticisms for hospitals and doctors can push people. So, you know, I think it's worth having that opportunity to explore your own thoughts and feelings around it because when we get an opinion or an idea that's contrary to our own, it's nice to just understand where our own biases come from. So I found some of her stuff challenged me in the beginning and uh, it helped me understand what I want, what I believe in, and that's that's sometimes a really nice thing as well. Love, love, love. uh, oh, Monga method. So hypnobirthing, mm. uh, that book's fantastic. Calm birth as well has a book, um, written for that one as well. Um, gosh, I have got so many on my shelf. It's insane. I've probably got too many. It would confuse everyone. Um, there are a couple of my, my favorites. Oh, I love it. Um, just as kind of a general all-rounder, I really love Well-Adjusted Babies. Of course. <laughs> um, uh, by Dr. Jennifer Barham-Floriani. Um, mm-hmm. I also like the ones from, I'm pretty sure it's Francesca Nation, that's like the natural way to better babies, natural way to better pregnancy, natural way to better birthing, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're all really lovely, um, but that's a huge stack there, guys. So, uh, I hope you had a pen and paper ready and um, <laughs> you've got some got some homework there. Sometimes as well, just having a little um, planning forward for the life after birth. So Pregnancy, Birth and the Newborn by Penny Sigmund is fantastic. The Fourth Trimester is another book that's fantastic. Um, again, Intuitive Birthing, uh, Birthing from Within by Pam England and I think just looking at my shelf here, uh, Rob Horowitz is a great one as well. So these are just mm. some of the ones that we have sourced out. Um, obviously, we have access to gazillion books on these topics, but uh, they're probably our short list, which, you know, for some mums, they want the more kind of spiritualized 
birthing experience. Other mums need to be, you know, moving along the pathways towards that kind of East Meets West birthing experience. So you really have to find what appeals to you. Um, and don't forget the part, birth partners and dads and, and you know, other people around. Uh, there's a great book called The Birth Partner, and that's a, also by Penny Simkin, and that's uh, a great sort of support for dads and doulas and anyone else who might be uh, with the birthing mother. So a good one for other people as well that uh, care about you and want you to have an amazing pregnancy and birth. All right, Ash, that needs to be a blog post on the Wellness Women website. Yeah, I reckon. You need to write it all um, down for everyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. While we're on their kind of um, pregnancy sort of journey there, I'm going to answer the question about the prenatal supplement advice. Yes. Um, yes. Look, without getting specific for, you know, individual needs and requirements and, um, you know, what your individual biochemistry might be, the three things that are always my go-to for pregnancy, so this is once you are pregnant, like the leading up to um, process might be a little bit different. Um, well, I guess leading up to, this is this is my advice really as well, just really generalized. And that is folate. Um, so not folic acid. There's a big difference between folate and folic acid. Folic acid is the man-made synthetic and oxidized version of folate, um, which does not exist in nature. And it must be metabolized in a really different way to folate in order to be biologically active. Um, so I don't recommend folate, uh, folic acid. Sorry. I do really like folate. So um, this is obviously, you know, what is used in high demand during pregnancy. It helps to support the growth of the placenta and the fetus and protects it against neural tube and other birth defects. Um, it also um, has even been shown to protect against cardiovascular complications, um, cognitive decline and um, some types of cancers and low birth weight and all sorts of things. So um, it's really important for um, formation of certain types of cells and also the formation um, and synthesis of neurotransmitters too. So folate is very, very important, which is your vitamin B9. You can get this in supplemental form and it normally comes um, in, it, it might be called tetrahydrofolate or THF um, or it might also be called five, uh, it might be called methylfolate or five methyl tetrahydrofolate um, or M, oh, sorry, five MTHF. Um, sometimes it's also called folinic acid, which is um, a slightly different version of that, but again, not folic acid. My favorite prenatal at the moment um, is Enatal from Bioceuticals. And obviously, we don't get any like kickbacks or anything like that from recommending these things, but it does have that form of folate in it that I like. Um, the other things that I recommend is about 1,000 milligrams of DHA. Um, and that is obviously your omega-3 fatty acids, your fish oils, um, and the 1,000 milligrams of DHA has been shown to prevent um, preterm birth um, or sort of contribute to um, like, you know, birth going to full term as well. Um, I do like a combination of EPA and DHA. So then you're getting the really good like neurological protective effects of that too. And the other thing is vitamin D. So those three things, folate, DHA, or a combo of DHA and EPA and vitamin D. Yeah, fantastic. And look, for someone, I know that a lot of our clients, uh, some of them just don't stomach fish oils and things like that. So mm -hmm. just remember as well, uh, things like flax seeds, walnuts, and of course, eggs are fantastic sources. So sometimes, yes. you know, if you just really can't stomach it through pregnancy, I know that um, the fish oils for me have just been a blah yuck, um, experience. So I've sort of forced them down because of more mental need than anything else. But 
um, ultimately I just upped my egg intake and I know that that's a, a full source that's going to serve me well. So yeah, I'm with you. Um, I'm also a big fan of adding in some probiotics as well. Um, yes, so, absolutely. You know, microbiome uh, support there and that obviously, you know, can be through supplementary. Uh, so taking direct supplements or we can be looking at any of the fermented food sources um, and this is where, you know, miso and kimchi, sauerkraut, um, kefir, fermented yogurts. There's just so many different sources there. So there's lots of options um, for that one. And they've and also that, shown that probiotics, sorry, just while I'm no, no. rant, yes. um, because another thing is how frequently we're having, I mean, I'm not sure, I can't speak for other states and other countries, but I know in WA our group breed strep testing is so yes. prevalent that it's been, uh, there's some evidence research that if mums uh, maintain good probiotic function, then they actually may reduce the risk of group breed strep. So yes. that's a big one because that directs birthing experiences and antibiotic use. So I think that um, if we can, you know, think about that in not just a prenatal, but also pregnancy and, and postpartum experience, then that's another really good one to add into the mix. Amen. I love that. Uh, awesome. And obviously, you know, somewhere along the lines, you might require some iron and everything else. But yeah, it's um, more topical, it just, though, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. uh, as I sort of we go through. We always encourage women, you know, when they get their pregnancy bloods done, you know, where are we at? What do we need? Um, and just you know, listen to the body for support. Um, plant-based nutrition where possible. Obviously, for some of those things, B twelves and everything else, you may need uh, sort of more animal-based food support. So we tend to talk about things like liver and red meats and things like that, which uh, some women are not comfortable with, but it is really important source for good nutrition for mother and for baby, which is super important that both of you get what you need while little baby's growing because anything you don't have, baby will take anyway. So it's generally uh, that idea that if your body is deficient in anything, you'll take every last bit that you've got because baby will take priority um, and your, yes. body, your body knows that. So it's the reason a lot of women find that they need to supplement in pregnancy because they may have been uh, sufficient prior to, but suddenly little baby wants to, to take everything it needs for its own growth and mums do become depleted. So that's why supplementation is so important throughout pregnancy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, all right, Ash, do you want to answer one more? Ooh, I think we had the good one. Um, you mentioned it when we were having a quick chat. Oh, yeah, uh, the perio-official dermatitis, uh, known as POD. That was a good question. I was like, oh, yeah, we've had a couple of women in practice lately who've had that. So what? Did, where was the question? Uh, um, so any info on perioral oh, dermatitis? So um, basic. <laughs> essentially, like perioral dermatitis, what that means is peri means below oral, obviously the mouth, and then it's that dermatitis. So what you might see is like a dry sort of red kind of almost kind of scaly type um, dermatitis type rash, or it can be little tiny pimples as well um, that are all sort of below the lower lip, um, which is what they normally refer to as perioral dermatitis. I do see it pop up um, in women with hormonal fluctuations, mm-hmm. and the normal treatment for that is normally they they recommend antibiotics or steroid creams, um, to my knowledge. Um, but what I have seen has been really effective for some people is actually like IPL, so intense pulse laser. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, the cosmetic version of that can be really good at clearing that up, but obviously that's just a topical thing and not not looking at the drivers and the underlying causes. Um, Ash, what do you think? 
Well, look, always whenever there's skin damage, you think about um, impaired skin barrier, which then relates straight back to gut. Um, so, of course, you know, looking at the gut immune function um, that can cause alterations in skin pH. So that's another uh, reason. Uh, I guess it's not just the periofficial dermatitis. It's for any any sort of dermatitis. It's the same kind of application of thinking of what's the root cause, what's causing uh, the damage in the skin membrane. So that's one of them. Um, and then, of course, just generalised beauty care, hair care, anything that could be, you know, contact with the skin, especially sulfates and things like that that damage the skin barrier. Um, it's interesting how you mentioned treatment steroids, but I've actually, I think some of the discussion is actually around how steroid use can actually make the skin barrier susceptible to things like that dermatitis. Yes. So it's kind of that like vicious cycle. It can be used as treatment, but can also be a root cause for. So um, that's an interesting one. And of course, anything relates to immune dysfunction, stress, poor diet, um, Oh, we're just talking about pregnancy supplementation, but nutritional deficiency, you know, things like um, vitamin, a, vitamin A, zinc, uh, essential fatty acids. These are all things that relate to skin barrier damage. Um, oh, gosh, what else? You mean you nailed it with the hormonal changes? That's a big one. Uh, that has uh, definitely a layer to it in regards to why your skin barrier would be damaged. So I, I think, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, number one, let's have a think about what's the underlying root cause, um, if you can address those you know, impaired barrier or, say, skin contact with chemicals and products in the skincare or makeup and stuff like that, um, immune fu- dysfunction, so if there's, you know, concerns around the immune system or autoimmune issues, then, you know, we need to get to that root cause, um, remove anything that's bothering the skin and then allow for the healing and sealing, so deal with the gut, deal with the immune system, um, even, you know, manage the nervous system if we've got really stressed out adrenals and we're really stressed, then, of course, you know, immune impairment. So, Yeah, again, I'm a big believer, like you mentioned, IPL and things like uh, topical treatments are fantastic in that short-term approach to it. But if you want to ask the question, well, why is it there in the first place, then there's a couple of layers to go through. Yes, definitely. And just that that dermatitis, so the itis and dermatitis just means inflammation as mm, well. So inflammation mm. in the dermis. So you'd be looking at all your inflammatory drivers of that too. Um, I hope that's not too vague for the person who's asked that, but that was just going to give you a little bit of a, a quick sort of overview and understanding of, um, you know, some things to look for with that as well. And I mm. think that um, if it was you that asked the question, you'll have a couple of little light bulb moments there about, okay, yep, that's really what I need to consider there. All right. So, ladies, we got through some questions there. There's still so many more to go. <laughs> certainly um, so it definitely this will definitely be a series. And if you haven't had your questions answered yet, we will definitely do that. And what we might do is even layer these into the start of other episodes that are dedicated to like single important topics. Um, Ash, I think that might be a good way to sort of get through them, kind of like how we used to do the in the spotlight type questions. Yeah, um, great idea. Go back to the basics. I think we used yeah. to do it in the spotlight with sort of one to three questions, quickly start the show yeah. with those and then get on to the big topic. I love that. Let's go back to that format because that worked really well to get some of the, the listener questions through um, on a weekly basis so everyone gets a chance to be heard and to uh, have us answer their things that they're curious about. So good idea. Back to format. I love it. Excellent. All right, ladies. Well, that's enough from us for today. Uh, as always, you've been listening to Wellness Women Radio. We are the Wellness Women, Dr. Ashley Bond and Dr. Andrea Huddleston. We are raising the bar for women's health. And until next week, be well. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives.
Boston Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners. These podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.